into the newest edition of the Punch List MMA podcast. I'm your host, Dale Lipton, here with the co-host of all co-hosts, Trey Van Buskirk. Dude, you are looking dapper as ever. Uh, every week is just a showcase on my frumpiness and your absolute uh, <laughs> on peak outfits. Uh, uh, you know, absolutely love the, the Paisley shirt, dude. You are rocking it. What is going on, man? Well, it's not a Paisley shirt. It is an ode to the UFC Houston card that we have coming up. And I brought something a little special if you're watching this on YouTube as well. Boom, dude. Ooh, How's that cowboy hat for you? That is a nice That is a nice cowboy hat. I like that. <laughs> I brought it out. I know the Texas crowd is all about all about their gear, so I wanted to pay a little homage to them and uh, kick this card off right. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great card. Um, I'm glad that we're back. This kickstarts eight straight weeks of fights, um, which is fantastic, man. This is like uh, if you're a UFC fan or a UFC betting aficionado like we are, this is our regular season. We are in uh, we're in our glory here, man. We're in our element. I I literally it was so weird. You think the Super Bowl would add as a little band aid between weeks, but Man, I was craving UFC. And then coming into this card, a lot of people are looking at like, dude, this is kind of a, I mean, am I really going to pay 64 bucks for this card? Is this really worth my dollars? But you and I have talked about it and there's, I don't know, I'm really psyched on this card. I think there's a lot of value to be found. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of value. Um, there's not the name value that we, we normally see when they're putting a card together. And it's weird to say that because you have arguably the greatest fighter of all time fighting on the card uh in john jones and then you've got the whirlwind of dominance that is valentina shevchenko fighting on the card but if i'm being honest there's there seems to be like very little fanfare behind this card you know uh reyes is trying to sell pay-per-views with his horrible trash talk but that's <laughs> a very uh it's a it, there's there's just like a it, there's not a there's not a, a hurricane of momentum behind it. It's more just like a just a soft little, you know, uh, like a, a spring shower, if you will. It's just not there's just not much to it. Um, but it's a great card, and there should be a lot more hype. Anytime John Jones is competing, there should be the full blown hype machine around it. Despite the fact I think he's a dirtball human, he's an amazing fighter. Yeah, I mean. I think a lot of people want that John Jones sauce, dude. They want a little bit of that DC, you know, John Jones right. aura coming on, and he's just not playing into it. And we'll get into this when we talk about the main main fight of the night. But I, his demeanor, his person, persona, all that stuff just seems kind of down and way too relaxed and way too scholarly. You know, he's yeah. playing, playing a little bit too political. And we'll, again, we'll get into that. But it's yeah, it's not bringing the oomph we want for this card, right? You know what? You know what did bring the oomph this last week. You know, I, I think about when I, when I think about oomph. You know what I mean? When I feel like something that, like some weight, yeah. something I want to I want to sink my teeth in into. Yeah. Oh. You, know, you know what I mean? I know something exactly I, what you mean. Something I really just just really wanted to get my mouth around. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I know you're thinking about the Super Bowl halftime show, but I'm talking about stay classy <laughs> meats. Uh, 
absolutely, uh, you know, had just some fantastic bison steak uh, from Stay Classy Meat over the Super Bowl weekend. It was awesome. Uh, you guys should check them out. Go to stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST. Get 10% off your entire order. But, um, you know, what did you think of the Super Bowl halftime show? First off, that whole lead up, I thought you were talking about Shakira. But you went full Stay Classy, which <laughs> I totally get. I mean, I was – yeah. Okay. Well, it was amazing. Uh, the yeah. Super Bowl was great. You know, I don't have a, like I said in the last episode, I didn't have a dog in the fight. Um, it was entertaining. I'm happy for Kansas City. Love that. Um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the most stand up dude, and I hope he keeps that type of gentleman type aspect going forward. Right. Halftime show was, I mean, that was perfect for Miami. I mean, that was literally the quintessential Miami, Miami performance you wanted. Sure. Um, but I don't know. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the halftime show. You know what's what's crazy is I'm, I think I'm one of the only people that like I watched the first half of the halftime show, and then once the second half started, I was like, nah, I'm good, and just yeah. rolled out. <laughs> was, yeah. yeah, I'm good. So yeah, the first half was uh, was was entertaining, and then the second half I was kind of like take it or leave it. But the the game itself was good. Um, you know, we had, it's amazing to me that, that, that Vegas is as spot on as they are. We, we touched on some prop bets. Um, you know, we, the hole in ones versus missed extra points. We hit on that. Um, but the thing I was talking about, the lock of the night, right. Where I was saying the one, the sleeper lock of the night was Patrick Mahomes over 29 rushing yards. (laughs) Do you know how many rushing yards Patrick Mahomes finished with? 20. 29. <laughs> 29. Unbelievable. 20. There's, there's a fix. There's a I fix. Just, I don't understand how Vegas does that. And they do it time and time again. Same thing with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Damian Williams receiving yards. His receiving yards, 29 yards. How many receiving yards do you think he had in that game? <laughs> 29 yards. <laughs> 29 yards. It's the dumbest thing ever. How they continually get that every single time. I don't understand it. I want to meet the guy that's sitting in the room somewhere that decides, you know, with his little calculator, or maybe he's got a little abacus that he's flicking stuff back and forth, and he goes, Patrick Mahomes is going to get 29, rush, 29 rushing yards. And then it happens time and time again. It's unbelievable. As talented as I think I may be when it comes to betting, I cannot hold a candle to guys like that it's remarkable it's some rain man level <laughs> stuff it really is <laughs> well let's let's show a little bit of our rain man dude on this card absolutely absolutely so ufc houston kicking off this saturday night pay-per-view prelims obviously taking place prior to on espn plus no espn just espn i think the prelims are on um i have to double check that yeah, I'm not positive on that either. I think it's ESPN for the pay-per-views and ESPN Plus when it's not. But no big deal. Um, You're ton- correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so tons of good fights on this card. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, from a betting standpoint, there's going to obviously be some opportunities where we where we intend to make some money. Um, let's let's kick off. Let's let's jump right into the meat in, in our plays, and then we'll circle back around like we do sometimes and talk about some fights that we want that we think uh, are worth watching um, and paying attention to regardless based on, uh, you know, the entertainment value. And the first one I think that I think people need to pay attention to female MMA, uh, uh, Andrea Lee's taking on Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy is coming off of a blockbuster win, man. Um, something that a win that nobody saw coming except for maybe her when she knocked out 
Mara Barella. Um, and this was just a couple months ago. She put her into the shadow realm, man, just melted her. That was a fight that I had Barella pick to win. And Lauren Murphy came out and made me look absolutely stupid. Uh, Andrea KGB Lee, um, you know, first team uh, cowboy hat wearing wannabe cutie. Um, she's coming off a split decision loss to uh, JoJo. And, you know, you, you got she's trying to write her ship, man. She's been you know, she was prospect of all prospects from her LFA to Invicta days and then signing with the UFC, rattling off three wins in a row. People had her poised at making a title run and then losing that that fight to JoJo brought her back down to earth. Um, this is a decent fight, but uh, Andrea Lee's a, a sizable favorite here. I'm seeing her as high as minus 320, depending on the book that you're looking at. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, Andrea Lee... There's a couple fights on this card that I think that they have the hometown hero that they have put not a fix in, but they put a sizable, uh, they put a such a lesser quality opponent in association. I know you're talking about Lauren Murphy's most recent knockout, but there's a reason her nickname is Lucky. That was pure luck. Like you said, I don't think she knew that she had that in her arsenal. Uh, Andrea Lee, she's pretty. Uh, but Lauren Murphy's that type of non, she doesn't have very great technique, but she's gritty. She likes to be in your face. And I think Andrea Lee has the technique to kind of pick some points away and then kind of keep the pressure on her. And I think Lauren Murphy's going to slip up and that's where she'll capitalize. Yeah, I think this, I think this has a good chance to be honest of being finished inside the distance. There's no lines out on that yet, but Andrea Lee's got a sneaky submission game. We know that she has power. She's got good stand-up. And we've seen that Lauren Murphy is continuing to get better. And like you said, she is gritty. She is going to try to make this fight ugly. She's going to try to press Andrea Lee up against the cage. She's going to try to drag her down, make her carry her weight, and try to make this a non-pretty fight. She's going to. She'd be smart to not let Andrea Lee style all over her here. I just don't know. Um, that she's going to be able to do that. Andrea Lee, I believe, is from Louisiana. Lauren Murphy, I think, is living outside of Dallas now. So it's kind of a, the home field advantage for either one of these women is kind of eliminated at this point. So you can throw that out with the wash. I th I'm just going to go with the odds makers on this one. I think they got it right. Andrea Lee, minus 320. I feel like that's a pretty... Um, there, if you're going to take, take, take a stack of size as an underdog, there's other ones that you could pick on this fight that would do better, uh, be better served than Lauren Murphy. Uh, but Andrea Lee, minus 325. Throw her in on a parlay, maybe. I don't necessarily know that I'd even put money on it unless you were going to roll her into a parlay or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I like what you said about inside the distance. Normally on women's fights, I'd say, God, never do inside the distance. Yeah. But... Lauren Murphy being gritty, she could slip on a banana peel. And like you said, Andrea Lee could be there to clean it up, add a submission inside the distance. I like that play, but that's if you're feeling risky. That's if you're feeling, if you're feeling <laughs> real froggy. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the feature prelim of the night, Antonio Ahoyo taking on Trevin Giles. Giles sitting at 11 and two, Ahoyo at nine and three. Uh, been a lot of line movement on this fight, which is something to pay attention to. Ahoyo was once a much larger underdog than what he is now. Now sitting near a pick'em, and I believe if the line continues to move the way that it's going right now, that we'll actually see a reversal here, and Ahoyo will be the favorite 
come fight time. I really see this line moving that much. Trevin Giles coming off back-to-back losses. Ahoyo coming off a loss as well, but has looked absolutely stellar. Um, endless gas tank, gritty, uh, seems to want to throw his hands and make an impression. And Giles, I think, is fighting for his job, man. So this fight has firecracker written all over it. Potential sleeper for fight of the night. Yeah, Trevin Giles. I mean, you're coming in 0-2. That's weighing on you. And you talk about Antonio Ahoyo having an insane gas tank. What does Trevin not have a gas tank? It's absolute garbage. He's a total power puncher, but he completely expends all his energy, and he's notorious for having a shit gas tank. He was an LFA champ, and he knows how to play under pressure, but when you're down 0-2 and you know three strikes, you're pretty much out in the UFC, fighting for your job against a guy who's got a gas tank who might want to take him down has got some good wrestling, that's a bad matchup. Yeah, I think it's a bad matchup. And I, like I said, we're getting decent value on uh, on a Hoyo here. I, right now, like I said, you find him in a pick him. I see him some places at plus 110. I'm suggesting a play on a Hoyo. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to get the win here. Um, and he'll he'll ignite the, uh, the crowd, if you will. Uh, I think this is a good fight for him. I think this is a good chance for him to showcase his skill set in the UFC because he has a guy in Trevin Giles that isn't going to just grab him and lay on him the entire fight like he saw like we saw in his last fight uh giles will stand there in exchange and like you said when 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 the gas tank empties the hands come down and uh this this fight will definitely i love an inside the distance play here i do not see this one going uh to decision at all so um let's go hoyo and let's go inside the distance too on this let's uh let's live dangerously i know we didn't talk about that prior to i'm throwing you a curveball here no i'm all about it okay um, so with this, let's, let's differentiate on something here though. Okay. So we have a Hoyo, right? But the play, another play is the fight will not go the distance, not a Hoyo inside the distance, but the fight will not go the distance because if Giles is going to win this fight, it's going to be by knockout. And if a Hoyo mm-hmm. wins this fight, we want to, we want to get that win at the underdog price. So you all, you, we're going to throw a little built-in hedge there um, in the event yeah. that a Hoyo loses. So we'll break even regardless, or we'll come out double. I like that. Um, that's not usually my type of, uh, that's not my heart, dude. I, I don't like to play both sides of the fences. I'm really seeing what type of guy you are now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I like that. That's a safe play. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, but here's the thing though, is if Hoyo goes out there and sleeps them, then you hit twice. Right. Mm-hmm. But if Giles goes out there and sleeps him, then we, we, we're still going to hedge some of our money back. So, um, I like let's, it. you know, it's all about mitigating losses and, or mitigating risk. And we want to be smart with our money and people that listen to us. We want them to be smart with theirs, too. It's about making people better at betting. Uh, so I think that's a good play in that regard. All right. Let's kick off this pay-per-view. Dude, I know this was a fight that you went back and forth on. Hopefully, you've uh, you've come out of the light and you are now in the dark, the dark of the Black Beast. Derek Lewis taking on Alir Latifi, making his heavyweight debut, his UFC heavyweight debut. Latifi yes. fourteen and seven. Derek Lewis at twenty-two and seven. Um, and it should come as no surprise to you, Derek Lewis, hometown fight minus two sixty. He's the favorite. Alir Latifi coming back at plus. 200. I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed to say I went back and forth on this after I watched a lot of tape and kind of understood, you know, where I really, where, where my stance really was. First off, I'm going to ask you a question. Dale, how tall does it say you are on your license? 
Um, well, my, my license now says 5'11". And are you 5'11"? Probably not. Probably not. Probably. My license also says I'm 5'11". I'm maybe 5'9 and a half, but the lady's like a taller guy, right? So I'm always yeah. going to put 5'11". Sure. I hear Latifi is saying he's 5'10". There is no fucking way he is 5'10". He is 5'8". <laughs> now, can you tell me any heavyweight that has been impactful that's been under 5'10"? Has there even been one? So, well, I've never met DC in person. DC is listed as six foot tall. He appears to be shorter than that um, based on the way he looked against John Jones when they, whenever they would face off with one another. And then I will dig deep. I'm going to dig deep for this one. <laughs> okay. okay? Uh, you being a, a grappling and jujitsu aficionado here, Jeff the Snowman Monson. <laughs> okay. Once challenged for a UFC belt uh, against Tim Sylvia, also has fought the likes of Fedor and many others overseas. Listed as 5'11", but if you look at that guy, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, to your point, though, I, I, I see where you're going with this. Um, I don't. It, it's going to be a big size disadvantage for Latifi. Huge size, size differential. And I think that's where, in my mind, when I looked at this fight straight up, I said, you know what? Derek Lewis has a shitty gas tank. And Ayer Latifi is an amazing wrestler. We haven't seen Derek Lewis off his back. One thing we do know is if he were to go on his back, the amount of energy he's going to expend to try and get back his back to the cage and stand back up and keep this standing is going to it's going to take a lot of effort. So Ayer Latifi, with a wrestling background that's exponentially better than Derek Lewis, that's where I was like, gosh, if he can avoid the punches, we can get there. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of effort just to take someone down. And when you're that small against someone that mountainous, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think one thing to pay attention to is that although, I, my personal opinion, I thought uh, Blagoy even beat Derek Lewis when they fought. Um, mm. I thought that was a win for Blagoy. Uh, Blagoy did not have great success at keeping Derek Lewis down. He took him down several times, but Derek Lewis was able to get up. Um, and then I'm asking myself, then, is Ivanov a better wrestler than Latifi? Um, can he put that kind of pace, or can Latifi put that same pace that Blagoy put on Lewis? Because, as you remember, Blagoy just walks forward, man. That guy doesn't know how to take a step right. backwards. He doesn't have the footwork for it. All he does is walk forward. Um, so looking at that, I, where we've seen Derek Lewis struggle in the past is against shorter fighters. If you remember, Sean Jordan uh, knocked out Derek Lewis with a, I want to say it was a, it was like a spinning heel kick. It might have even been like a crescent kick. And Sean Jordan is not tall at all. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm really digging into the memory bank with that. I'm not even sure if half the people that watch or listen to our show will remember who Sean Jordan is, uh, former LSU lineman. Uh, so I'm sure he's pretty happy LSU won the national championship this year. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I think I'm pretty sure you knocked him out with that. That was the last time, you know, that I saw him, yeah, uh, lose to a, a really short fighter like that. Um, but he, it has happened in the past. Mark Hunt is not terribly tall either. But even still, I mean, Mark Hunt's a different kind of animal. That doesn't really count. Mm -hmm. um, 
Derek Lewis has suffered against taller or shorter guys in the past. I think Latifi will have a speed advantage, but I don't know how long that speed advantage will last. Um, in his fight against Ozdemir, his gas tank looks super suspect. Ozdemir looked calm, poised, ready the entire time. I think Derek Lewis gets this done, man. I, th- I think he gets it done, and we get another amazing moment inside the octagon with another. I'm sure he's got something um, up his sleeve for the hometown crowd. I, I'm excited to hear what it is. As long as it doesn't sound too staged, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Biggest yeah, pop, sure. biggest, the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest ovation of the night is going to come from Derek Lewis post post fight, or if he knocks out Latifi, it'll it'll erupt in there. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So. No, he's the flagship person for this fight or for this card, a hundred percent. Which amazes me. Um, so let's just keep it moving. It amazes me that they have him positioned at the, at the, the opening bout on um, yeah. whenever, you know, when you when you look next, the fight that's listed as above this um, is Mirsad Bektik versus Dan Ige. Now, this is a great, <laughs> listen, Bektik versus Ige is a great fight. It is an absolutely great fight, but the bout order for this is all wrong. Um, Latifi and Lewis should be right before the co-main event. Bektik and Ige should be the one kicking off this pay-per-view. And, uh, but let's just hop right into it. Mirsad Bektik, 13-2. and two. Dan Ige, 12-2. and two. Look, man, this is you and I are unanimous in this. We think an underdog is going to pull out a win here. Dan Ige is a savage, man. He's an absolute killer. Uh, right now he's at a plus 110 against Mirsad Bektik, who's sitting at a, a minus 135. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I almost think that the stage in uh, bout order is, and this is more so for not the casual fan, but a lot of people three years ago when Mirsan Bekta came onto the scene, they're like, dude, this is the second coming of Christ. This guy's going to be out of control. Yeah. But, dude, he's fought, like, what, four times in the past four years? The guy is not durable. He literally just gets injured and injured. He's fought, I literally think he's fought, like, one time every single year for the past four years. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, but he definitely is not a consistent fighter. I mean, at tops, I think last year he definitely only fought once. Um, 2018, he might have fought twice. He's he's fought eight times in the last five years. <laughs> yeah, that's not so, not too great. But right. I think everyone jumped on this bandwagon, and he's just kind of failed and failed and failed. What's one of his biggest kryptonites? First off, Team Alpha Male. <laughs> We've got Josh Emmett, um, uh, Darren Elkins, both right. like knocked him out. So, I mean, he's had a total ebb and flow in regards to his career. Dan, on the other hand, this guy is insane BJJ black belt, which I'm all about. And he's he's a he's got a lot of stuff like on the ground that Mirsad is not really you know equipped for. I mean, Mirsad is definitely the better wrestler, I'd say, but Dan sure. has got a little bit more comfortability when it's actually on the ground. So whether that's Mirsad working from the clinch and actually utilizing his wrestling to get it up against the uh, get it against the cage, or Dan actually bringing it to the ground, progressing from there, I think that's where you got it. But Dan's got a lot of tools that Mirsad does not have the answer for. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about Bectic's uh, wrestling pedigree his, his you know that his striking's crisp and everything else but if if i'm looking at mirsad bektik as technical as he may be and as, as talented as he may be his fight iq is what baffles me he does not fight smart he mm-hmm. likes to stay in the pocket he likes to throw hands he likes to do everything 
that he possibly can to lose fights. He has all the skills necessary to win any fight that he's in. He, he, that guy can absolutely beat anybody uh, on any given night in the featherweight division with his skill set, but he fights like a moron. And you cannot do that against a guy like Dan Ige because Dan Ige is a savage. He's coming in there to kill you. He's, you know, he trains with the Diaz brothers. His cardio is unbelievable. His jujitsu is top notch. And you know what? He's fallen in love with his hands lately. He wants to stand and bang. He wants to get in the pocket. And you know who will do that? Some guy that's too dumb to realize that that's not what he should do. He should use his superior wrestling ability and absolutely dominate you know, this fight. I will always, and I know you love jiu-jitsu, but I will always take a superior wrestler over a superior jiu-jitsu guy. Mm-hmm. I will always do that. And in this instance, um, you know, I think Bechtick has the better wrestling. Ige's got the better uh, jiu-jitsu, and the hands sort of come out in the wash. The problem is, is that Ige has the chin, the stamina, and the hands to make up for dumb decisions like standing there and trading. <laughs> yeah, and the head, yeah. Mir Sad Bektik does not. Um, no. And he's coming off that brutal knockout from Josh Emmett. I don't care who you are. Josh Emmett knocked you out. You need to take some time off, my man. Not <laughs> it. He's not doing that. He's right back in the fire sooner than he should be coming off a knockout like that. And I think Dan Ige gets an upset win here. I think he sleeps him, bro. I think he I, sleeps. I like it. Mirsad Bakhtik, it's more so, yes, you do get knocked out by Josh Emmett. You're never the same. But he was never the same before. His fight IQ, his his composure in fights is awful. I mean, going from ATT to TriStar, any coach will tell you, you heard the whispers out there, this dude's a fucking head case. Yeah. So all it's going to take is, and we talked about this in previous fights, all you have to do is say a little chirp in, chirp in the middle of the round, the guy's going to throw the complete book out the window. Yep. So Danny Ige is going to stand in the pocket. He's going to be methodical. He's going to be a tactician. He's going to be strategic. And I think, like you said, I don't know if I, I'm going to say he's going to sleep him, but I am going to say that it's going to be very, very decisive. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's I, that's my feeling. I, I, you know, my personal opinion is Ige gets him out of there. But all the same, when you've got two guys or two women that are willing to stand there and trade with four ounce gloves on, anything can happen. And yeah. these two guys are going to do exactly that. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. <laughs> uh, but they will. So, yeah, it's going to uh, be awesome. Right. So let's go with things that shouldn't be. Uh, let's. Br- I'm going to breeze right past this because I don't think this fight deserves to be on the pay-per-view card <laughs> of the card, and it's two heavyweights, neither of which have shown any promise. I, for the life of me, cannot figure <laughs> out why this is on the pay-per-view. The line's all wonky. I don't think it's worth touching. You got to avoid heavyweights when the lines are like this. Juan Adams versus Justin Taffa. Avoid this fight. Taffa's coming off a huge <laughs> loss to Del Castro. Adams is coming off an abysmal performance against Greg Hardy. Avoid this fight. Co-main event of the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, man. (laughs) Valentina Shevchenko taking on Caitlin Chukagian. Valentina Shevchenko, obviously a force to be reckoned with. Minus 1,400 taking on Caitlin Chukagian at plus 750. Listen, Valentina is the pick, right? (laughs) But I'm suggesting throw a small amount of money on Caitlin Chukagian at plus 750. Listen, listen at plus 750. What does it hurt to throw a little money at her? Oh my God. What does it hurt? You're, you're so jaded by the Roxanne Montefiore situation. That's what you are. You're jaded. 
It's women's MMA. It's 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 listen. It's women's MMA. It's almost a guaranteed decision. And when you have almost guaranteed decisions, you almost have a 50-50 chance. Listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I think Caitlin Shukagian's going to win this fight. I think Valentina Shevchenko's going to win this fight. But at plus 750, you're talking about seven and a half return on your money. Throw, throw $10 on it. You're, you're like the guy in Vegas that always puts, when you play roulette, something on green. Always. Yeah. Always that or double zero. You're always that guy. You're just no, blowing the, money. No, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that, that puts a little bit more on black than he does on red. So I put a little bit on red, and I put a little bit more on black. So that way I'm, I'm, I'm at least winning something back. That's what I'm saying is just if you're up on the night, because this line will get bigger and bigger and bigger, if you're up on the night, throw 10 bucks or 100 or whatever is your small bet, whatever that per, your personal small bet is, throw that on Caitlin Chukagian. It's 7.5 return on your money. What does what's, it matter? What's, what's the line? It goes the distance. It's not out yet. Okay, the I'm curious round, about that. The over-under on rounds is at four and a half. Okay, well, I would definitely take the over. And the reason I would say that is this fight is going to emulate 100% the, um, wow, and I'm fully blanking right now, Valentina's Liz, last fight. Liz Carmouche. Uh, Liz Carmouche fight. Uriah Faber, I'm sorry. Uriah Faber. Was... Oh, dude. <laughs> Caitlin is not going to be a Jessica I type person. Caitlin is not going to engage. It's not going to happen. She's got a great reach. She's got a much larger reach than Valentina. So she's going to continuously stay on the distance and try and pick points. She's going to be very, very selective with her shots and just move around the cage, move around the cage. This is going to be the most boring fucking fight on the planet. If you need to go to the bathroom, if you need to go to the bar and pick up another six pack, bring it home, whatever. This is kind of your halftime to go do that because you know what's going to happen in this fight. And I can tell you, if you think you, you're not, you're like, oh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to make it uh, back by the by the third round. It's like, don't worry, there's going to be five rounds, hundred percent. So using that logic, and it's going to go to decision. You have a decent shot. Put money on Jukagian. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh my I'm god! I want to I want to blow past this just like you did on Juan Adams, Justin Taffa. Dude, this is insane. All right, well, let's get to the main event of the evening. John Jones, John's Bone Jones taking on Dominic Reyes, twelve and zero. Dominic Reyes, twenty five and one. Only blemish on the record of John Jones is coming from those downward strike, uh, the twelve six elbows against Matt Hamill. Uh, it could be twenty five and two uh, if Anthony Smith would have done what we all wanted him to do and just go ahead and take that DQ, but he didn't. Um, so now we got a 25 and one John Jones. And I think there's a, I feel like it should be 25, one and one. Wasn't the DC fight rule no contest after the, after the um, picogram? Yeah. After the picogram, uh, <laughs> is it 25, one and one, or did he manage to weasel his way out of that too? Like no, it's 21, have. 25, one and one. Yep. Yeah. He's got the one, no contest. Yeah. So, uh, John Jones, no surprise here. Sizable favorite taken on. Uh, Dominic Reyes, John Jones minus 500, Dominic Reyes plus 350. Your thoughts on this fight? I mean, this is just like the co-main event. I mean, we all know who's going to win this fight. It's pretty unanimous. Um, like I was kind of alluding to at the beginning of our episode, 
a lot of people can kind of play into the theatrics of uh, John Jones, his emotions prior to the fight. And a lot of people think, hey, he's not emotionally invested in this. There's not a fire. There's nothing. His demeanor's down. He's he just doesn't seem that into it. And that could lay you know lead people to believe that a guy that's won that many times and done it so you know seamlessly is just doesn't have that fire anymore. So it leaves vulnerability out there. So I think that's what some people are starting to try and capitalize and think, oh, dominant race is going to keep catch him at a weak moment. I don't see that to you. No, I don't think he will. Um, one of the things that I, that I always find impressive about John Jones that I continue to get wrong every single time is John Jones never fights the way you want him to fight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he always comes out and he beats their, his opponents in ways that people said that he couldn't do it, right? Mm-hmm. So in the, in the Santos fight, what, what do we want him to do, right? We, we want him to come out and take Santos down because that's how we feel he can win the fight. But what's he do? He stands there with him the whole time. DC, what should he do? He should stand there with him the whole time. But what's he do? He tries to wrestle DC. He does whatever somebody says that he shouldn't do. What concerns me with this Reyes fight, and I think is the X factor here in this fight, is I don't know how John Jones should fight Dominic Reyes. Um, what what do you do with a guy like Reyes? How do you beat him at his own game? What is Reyes's game? He we haven't seen much out of him outside of the Ostemir fight, which was a back and forth with a couple takedown attempts. It was a well-balanced fight. Um, outside of that, we've seen quite a few quick finishes, um, and we've seen some dominant performances where he wasn't tested. So how do you beat him at his own game when in reality, we only have a small snapshot of what his game really is? Mm-hmm. So what approach does a guy like John Jones take in a fight like this? Does he mix it up? Does he try to take him down, you know, and wrestle him? Does he, what, what's he going to do here? Because the one thing you can count on with John Jones is he's never going to do what you expect him to do. So how do you figure that out when you're looking at a guy like Dom Reyes? I think that's the X factor. And honestly, that might play into Re- uh, as a small advantage for Reyes. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, John Jones, his last like 15 or what, 16 fights have all been orthodox dance fighters. Got a southpaw and Dominic Reyes that could pose some concern. I just think Dominic is thanking every type of God out there for this fight that he got there. I mean, to be honest, I mean, he just scraped by Vulcan Uzdemir to get here. Um, you know, you, you take down a, you know, inflated lame, Chris Weidman, who's got a glass chin. I mean, I mean, to get where he is right now, this is just, uh, uh, you know, this is just, this is what John Jones, he's just clearing out the division again. This is just someone else on his plate. Right. I don't think that Dominic Reyes really poses too much of a threat outside him being a, a southpaw. Yeah, he can, he can strike with his legs from a little bit distance, but who does that even better? John Jones, right. front kick, question mark kick. John Jones has got that just lit. So I think it comes down to, I mean, he's faced every type of like variability on the planet. John Jones has been in the limelight. He knows what this is like. Dominic Reyes, all the chirping to me just shows pure insecurity. I mean, this, this limelight is going to be bigger than himself for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Like I said, I'm the only question mark for me is how does John Jones approach this fight? You know, um, is he, it is a fight like this. Is this somebody that motivates John Jones in the gym? You know, is this a person that that he that got him in the gym working hard and ready to come out? Because we we've seen it before. John Jones will skate when he can. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it was one of the things that, like, you know, Anderson Silva in his heyday, he got criticized for where there were fights where he just skated. If you look at the Damian Maya fight, he just skated by. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what was it? The Tiago Silva fight. He just skated by. He didn't do anything. He just did exactly what he needed to do to win because he knew that his skill set on a basic binary level was better than the person he was across the cage with. Um, you know, which is why I always respect Mighty Mouse and what he did because he always came out, he cleared out a division, and not only did that, he came out and destroyed everybody. Everybody had Mighty Mouse motivated. Mighty Mouse always fought with a chip on his shoulder. I know people find flyweights to not be generally not be exciting, but Mighty Mouse um, catches a lot of flack for a guy that was actually very prolific at finishing his opponents inside the octagon and doing so in electrifying fashion. John Jones, I just wonder here, did did Dom Reyes, you know, stoke the fire? Is is John Jones motivated? No, and I think um it's so funny. I was thinking about this earlier today, you know, in the Tiago Santos fight, first off, how you don't finish a guy who's got literally no legs. He's literally torsoing up. That's it. I mean, blows both his knees out, doesn't finish him there. And then, um, you know, going into this fight, he just, like I said, in all of his interviews, he just seems very, just whether it's calm, he's trying to be calm, cool and collected, but he just doesn't seem very interested. I don't think he's living his life. And the reason I was thinking about this earlier is it reminds me a lot of like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods in his heyday, he was banging hookers, he was doing blow, he was loving life, and he was winning every tournament. John Jones, heyday. Coke, strip clubs, crashing cars, winning, 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 winning. Now he's just kind of calm, cool, collecting. We're not seeing his talents. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, listen, there's a. Well, there's a reason why they call that the phrase is fat and happy. Um, you get <laughs> mentally and physically fat. I mean, that being happy will do that to you, right? Like, like I mean, you know, um, me before I, I was married and me after I got married are two di- very different <laughs> people from a physical conditioning standpoint, admittedly. I mean, that's just the way, it, you know, there's a reason why they call it fat and happy. I just, I don't know if Reyes really fired John up enough for this fight and maybe... You know what? I mean, it, it could be like a Weidman Silva um, sort of stance here where, you you know, Weidman was 9-0 and or whatever when he fought or 11-0 and when he fought Anderson Silva. Everybody was like, who is this guy? He doesn't deserve this title shot. And Anderson Silva went out there and was like, who is this guy? He doesn't deserve this title shot. I don't want to be in here. And guess what happened? He got slept. Yeah. Um, we, we might see the same thing. Yeah, honestly, that's Reyes' best chance. I mean, Silva so, so. was taunting Weidman. You know, I don't think John is going to taunt him in the middle of the fight. But no, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Um, you know, I, I don't think he will. But I, I still think it's one of those things, though, where we have a similar. There's there's a dichotomy here. Or there, there there's a comparison between these the, these two in this matchup. This is a very much a Chris Weidman Anderson Anderson Silva style matchup because everybody's sort of looking at it and going, well, you're here you're you're here as a product of what's in the division right now, not necessarily because everybody's dying to see you get this fight. And even the champs going, I'll fight you because I have to, not necessarily because I want to. Right. Yeah. And we might see something similar. We might. I doubt it, but I. You know, I'll take John Jones here. But real quick, while we were talking about this, I threw all of our our plays together. Uh, the Andrea Lee, the uh, Dan Ige, Derek Lewis, 
fight um, Antonio Hoyo, Valentina Shevchenko, John Jones through all those on a parlay. 8.6 return on your money. So go ahead. I think uh, we'll go ahead. I'm feeling confident in our plays this week. I'm going to go ahead and throw a, a, a six-fight parlay together at 8-1 to one return on the, on the money in addition to everything else. So going to go ahead and throw that bad boy together. But that wraps it up as far as picks go. Guys, if you want to be as mentally sharp as me and as calm, cool, and collected as Trey, go to SavingGraceCBD.com. Go to SavingGraceCBD.com and use the promo code CASH20, C-A-S-H-2-0. Get 20% off your full-spectrum hemp products. They have stuff for you, stuff for the old lady, and stuff for your furry friend. Uh, and I'm not talking about your aunt. I'm talking about your dog. Um, go ahead and uh, use that promo code. And also go to stayclassymeats.com and use promo code FIST and get 10% off your entire order. Trey, another one in the books, episode four in the books, bro. Dude, we got eight weeks ahead of us. You got to bear down, dude. I want to see you drinking some Gatorade with maybe a little bit of vodka. I don't know. I don't know. We've got a long eight weeks ahead. We've got a lot of money to be made. So if you are watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you're not missing any of our picks. Social channels, always check us out. We'll be doing unique things to only give you insider picks that we do have, some that we didn't talk about. Maybe ones that Dale decided to just blow over today. Justin <laughs> Tata, Juan Adams. Um, but make sure to check us out. Punchlist MMA on YouTube and all social channels. Yeah, for sure. Uh, appreciate the engagement that we've had on there, man. It's been uh, it's been awesome. And another thing that we, you know, a little campaign that we're going to start, and want to encourage you guys to do so in the comment section of the video, or the comment section of any of our posts. Would love it if you guys would write in or tag any fighter that you would love to see us interview. We want to start reaching out and getting back into the interview game. Um, so we want to know who you guys want to hear from. And the more support that we get, the more likely we are to get these fighters and get these personalities or get these athletes on the show. We want to bring them on. Uh, we want to talk to them. We want to pick their brains. So tag them in the comments of any of our Instagram posts or social channels or write, write it in in the comment section below uh, on the YouTube video and YouTube videos and let's uh we're gonna start you know trying to get some guest lists put together here and start interviewing some of these fighters and we want to know who you guys want to hear from awesome cool all right brother i'm uh i'm, I'm all done i'm tapped out you, you took all my energy from me my uh my my cup of tea is empty i uh i've got cotton mouth i am i am doa <laughs> uh, <laughs> well cheers to you dude see cheers, you brother. next week Alright, brother.